Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Digital Discussions Unfiltered podcast. I am so excited for you to hear my conversation that I'm sharing today. It's with the lovely Sarah from Lonow Studio and I just had to ask her to come on. So it all started a couple of months ago when I became very good friends with my now my newfound friend, my newfound pal, Stacy from Darwin and Grey. Stacy did a collaboration with the lovely Sarah and I happened to purchase one of their t-shirts and let me tell you that t-shirt is such high quality I genuinely wanted to go back and buy all of them but I was a little bit too late. Anyway I had to ask Sarah to come on and be a guest on the podcast purely because I really really enjoy getting an insight into the actual small business owner mind so you know it's great for me to sit here and tell you how to market your business and get incredible experts on but sometimes it's just nice to hear that the things that you're going through the things that are going through your mind as a small business owner if you're you know beavering away making your products showing up on social listing things on etsy creating your own website sometimes you just need to hear that you're not crazy And that actually you are doing the right thing from somebody that just sounds like you, that looks like you, that just kind of gets it, right? And so I just really wanted to ask Sarah to come on, share her experiences, all of her challenges. We talked about everything from her opinion on Etsy because she does have a website as well, uh, how she went about starting to collaborate with other incredible business owners some books that changed her life and her way of working and enabled her essentially to go full-time with her business and so so much more. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. I really hope you enjoy it. If you do, please do screenshot your phone or wherever you're listening. Pop it on Instagram and make sure you tag myself and Sarah. I will definitely be sharing all of them and yeah. Without further ado, here is my conversation with the lovely Sarah from Lone Owl Studio. Okay, hello lovely Sarah, how are you? Really well, thank you. Good, glad to hear it. Is the sun shining? No, no, I don't know what is happening with summer. I've orientated my desk underneath my window. I did it at the start of the year and everyone's like, oh, you regret it because it's going to be the sun, sunshine will be in your eyes. But it hasn't happened so far. But I'm sure <laughs> the sun, nice weather's coming. <laughs> the sun's done a disappearing act, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Right. So before we get into the main bulk of the episode, which I'm so excited to chat to you about because I've actually bought your products, shared you on the stories a couple of times, Ooh. which I'm so excited to just kind of get in to the nitty gritty and share your story. With every guest that I have on the podcast, I like to challenge them to introduce themselves as a person rather than as a business in 30 seconds or less. And the caveat is to make it a little bit fun and exciting that if you go over the 30 seconds, all that I ask is that you make a small donation to the charity Mind. Do you think you're up for the challenge? I accept. (laughs) There's some real confidence in that. I can feel it. (laughs) No pressure, but I do genuinely have a stopwatch. Oh, you actually do? Oh my. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ready? Let's do this. Okay. I'll count I'll count you in. We'll go we'll so. do a three, two, one. Okay, go on then. Three, two, one, go. 
So I'm Sarah. I'm an only child, creative introvert, vegan for the animals, mum to two rescue cats and a Cypriot rescue puppy, wife to Mansfield's biggest baby. It's my husband's claim to fame when he was born. Wannabe van lifer, exploring the UK and Europe when we're allowed again. In our camper van, Barry, country music fan, NFL fan, list maker, crafter, crocheter, overthinker and Diet Coke drinker. That is me, in a nutshell. Holy crap, that was so good. <laughs> you did it in under 23 seconds. Oh, I will donate anyway, obviously. It's a great charity. Thank you so much. That means a lot. <laughs> that was such a good... I mean, you sped through it. I couldn't actually write that many notes <gasps> down. But there were so many points in there. That's so good. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? I think it came from my... Um, I'd written it down in my clubhouse bio, I think. Ah, uh, like, interesting, I like it. Hmm. You seem like such an animal lady. Tell me more about that. Two cats uh, and a Cypriot dog. Yeah, massively. So Alassa is our rescue puppy. We got her in June last year, which wasn't ideal, middle of a pandemic. But bless her, she's fit into the into the household really well. We had two cats. We've got. Uh, I knew that one of them would take the dog very easily. Uh, the other one is just about coming round now so oh. the family's complete now oh it must be such a struggle though I always think that when because I've I think we just briefly said this before we hit record I've got a cat that I'm not really I'm not a fan of cats I was never a fan of cats but he's like my <laughs> child but he is such like a he's such a lone owl like my brother has a dog and when they bring the dog round, it's like it's Simba's house and it's like I will kill you and I will eat you and this dog is like it's a staffy it's like four times the size of him yeah but he's just yeah. he's never getting along with any dog any other <laughs> like, it's just not happening my tiniest um lottie my tiny ginger kitten she is ferocious honestly she is a fiery redhead she she is the boss of the house she bosses the dog around she'll just stand and meow in his, in her face she's so funny maybe it's a ginger thing maybe simba's ginger as well yeah there you go it's a fiery redhead thing takes after well, me yeah <laughs> I, I I feel you. I get that. <laughs> and um, I have to, I can't I can't start this conversation without Mansfield biggest baby. <laughs> honestly, uh, my husband's claim to fame. His poor mum. Honestly, yes, he was. Uh, he weighed the most that any baby had ever weighed uh, at the time of his birth uh, in the eighties. So I th- I do think babies are con- can get considerably bigger now, but at the time. He was a giant and it obviously predicted something because he's six foot five now. So, whoa. Yeah, he's pre giant. <laughs> I love it. And a camper van. Sarah, um, you've just, I feel like you're my person, you know? Oh, I, I just, you are my people. <laughs> and so that we now know who you are as a person, tell us a little bit about what you do for a business. Oh, okay. So, about in September of last year, I went full time with. Lonow Studio, which is my small business. Lonow Studio is a clothing and personalised gift brand based in a village on the outskirts of Nottinghamshire. Uh, there's something for everyone, babies, kids, adults. All the items are hand-printed and created with respect for people, animals and the environment. Everything is proudly vegan and free of any deri- animal-derived materials and adhesives right down to the recyclable packaging. Lonow Studio style I'd describe as minimal and modern but still classic. And a percentage of all sales is donated to animal charities every month. That's so lovely. You are like the female version of Dr. Doolittle. (laughs) 
give me all of the animals. <laughs> just just give me the animals. All the animals. I love that. That's so nice. Because as well, <laughs> that probably attracts the same type of people, right? We've, I've been having yeah. yeah, I've been having a lot of conversations with some other small businesses recently, small business owners, should I say. And you know, it's about working out what's important to you and then that kind of portraying in every element. So I think like my first question is obviously you've kind of highlighted the fact that the kind of the vegan element and the animal friendly element is from everything from the actual items themselves to your packaging. Is that, is that hard to do? Like, is that, I don't, when I think of a t-shirt, I don't think that it would have any element of animal things in it. Do you know what I mean? So is that. Totally. And obviously like I'm vegan and for me being vegan, it's more than a diet It's a lifestyle. It affects every area of my life. And I think you would know, obviously, like as a vegan, you wouldn't want to wear wool, for example, or silk. Yep. Um, but even T-shirts, like cotton of T-shirts, they they could be dyed with animal-derived dyes. And that's something, obviously, that I don't want any part of. Even like if you have metal zips on hoodies, they can, the metal can be treated with um, animal-derived products as well. So it's just, it's a lot of research. And I am very thorough. <laughs> I want to know everything. I'm sure I've asked suppliers questions that they've never been asked before um and to be honest they're getting better they a lot of the time now they do have information more to hand and the a lot of the blank products i buy are peter approved uh vegan as well so the hard background work has been done but yes it's a lot of research but i do it because i want my customers to have peace of mind whether that's their lifestyle or not i know that i'm providing something that's of high quality and that i'm happy to provide that's so interesting. I'm I feel like I'm literally mind blown because I wouldn't have even known that things can be dyed and have I'm I'm just I'm shocked. Like I didn't know that was a thing. So there must be you must have gone through a lot of research, like an insane amount of research. It it's it's huge. I've got I haven't published it on the website yet, but I have got a document I've been compiling probably over 18 months sort of looking at every single area of my business down to the postcards that I use being printed with vegetable inks um, the paper uh, recycled paper mailers that I post orders out in making sure that the glue on that is not from an animal derived source it's it's every area of the business from the print the garments the packaging everything but that's so lovely it sounds really weird in a way because I don't think because I don't have that particular lifestyle but it sounds so lovely to hear that you know it kind of that's what's going to set you apart from the big corporate that just churns out t-shirts because they don't care about that kind of stuff and even if they did they're gonna fall flat at some point whereas I can I can see it on your face how like (laughs) passionate you are and like I didn't even I think like I knew I had an understanding that all of your products were vegan and that kind of thing but I didn't understand to what extent yeah and I think it's it's something that I I'm bringing more to the forefront recently um as well it's in all honesty it's something that I've struggled with because I know it's my personal belief and while all elements are currently vegan I don't have anything that's sort of overtly and explicitly you know I don't have a t-shirt with vegan across the front of it um maybe in the future I would like to do something like that but I know I'm conscious that 
a percentage of my audience don't have the same lifestyle as me. However, I think it's got a nice knock on that the consequence is that the products tend to be nicer to the environment as well. Um, they are great for people in you know, the working conditions of people making the blank garments. So it's win-win. It's, it's great for everyone all around, really. Yeah, and that's the thing. You are going to attract people that just like the design and just like the T-shirt. And let me tell you firsthand, those T-shirts are top quality. <laughs> I not even the thickness. It was I. So I, you obviously know this, but for anybody listening, I purchased one of your T-shirts in collaboration with the fabulous Stacy from Darwin and Gray. And I remember texting Stacy and saying, "Do I?" And she was like, "Lorna, just do it." can you just just, she was like you won't regret it just do it and I was like okay then like I don't take much convincing that's fine she was like you're the the softness of it is insane and when I got it I was like she's not joking like this is nuts so it's actually really lovely quality so it has a knock-on impact in the sense that yes I might not have the same lifestyle as you but actually what's important to me I say important in quote-unquote is you know how it wears and how it washes and how it feels so buying something that is actually quality is actually having a good knock-on impact that's amazing I love that um and what did you do before Low Now Studio? Before I had a very regular job I was actually um a marketing manager for a uh online retailer. Amazing and was it was there anything in particular that was it a case of you grew the business on the site? Or did you have a side hustle and then transitioned? Or was it that fell out of love with being this marketing manager? So I I never realised that having my own business was something that I could even do that was a path for me. Um, I started the business, I suppose it's probably been about four years now. Um, and I remember starting it thinking, I'm going to give it a year. It's It's a hobby. I'm going to give it a year I'm not going to put any pressure on it and then I'll see where I am in a year and after a year I was like oh crumbs I'm probably gonna have to carry on with this like this is going all right <laughs> so I, I carried on and it sort of it, it started taking up more and more time and as time went on uh, my employer they were very good I never ever spoke about what I did on the side with anyone at work it felt like it was my baby and yeah I just didn't want to mix my day job with what was fun really with with my business um so I think probably I had about a year of dwindling dwindling down my hours at my day job so I was full-time so to start with I went down to four days a week then I went down to three days a week um any less than that was not feasible I couldn't have done what I needed to do for my day job any less than that and I started 2020 with the aim of leaving my day job like my word of the year for 2020 was leap and the big leap I wanted to make by the end of the year was to leave my day job and then the whole world turned upside down (laughs) I was like oh oh what now okay so then I was working at home with my day job um, and obviously that afforded me a little bit more time to work on my business as well I was fortunate that I saw an uptick as a result of the pandemic um so I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just, yeah. I got to the point where I knew I'd regret it more if I didn't give it a go than if I carried on as I was. And I think 
you know, the pandemic's shown us all that life's too short. I, I wasn't going to sit around doing it, it was particularly hard to make the decision as well because I was not moving from a job that I didn't enjoy yes and to say that you were to say that I was sort of not happy with the situation as it was with my day job felt a bit wrong really because on paper you know it was a it was a quote-unquote good job you know I was I was well paid I was doing work that I enjoyed I was in a creative industry anyway so I was almost like what right do I have to not be enjoying this and to be wanting more to be wanting something else but sometimes you've just got to do what you want to do and how that kind of works for you don't you I think it's so I'm so glad we kind of went backwards a little bit to come back to where you're at now because I, I feel like with every guest I have on, generally speaking, you're right, like the conversation generally goes that, you know, people got made redundant or they hated their job. I'm, I'm a, I hated my job, so I left. And so I wanted to do something on my own. And that, that's kind of the norm, isn't it? You, you hate one thing, you move on to the next. So it's so interesting and quite a fresh kind of perspective to hear that actually, no, you didn't hate your job. You actually really liked it. But kind of wording it in a way that like what gives you the right is interesting yeah and it was sort of had I been considering moving from one traditional nine to five to another I would not have given it even half the thought that I gave this this was sort of months and months of boring friends and you know talking to them oh should I oh I really want to you know oh what if what if what if you know if I was thinking about researching going on a website and moving to a different company you 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 wouldn't question that and I was also really worried about what other people would think of me particularly my parents to be honest (laughs) that's so interesting I'm exactly the same but we we all again it's just human nature isn't it we all Mm -hmm. do it we all think about you know what's that person gonna say or what are they gonna think did you do you find that you kind of had was there something I'm asking this probably more on a personal level because I know what my something was. Do you, Did you feel like you had to reach a certain point of one thing for you to go, okay, I'm good? Was it, you know, did you have to have a certain level of sales or a certain level of savings or a certain number of orders ready to, that you had to go and do before you were like, nope, this is it. I'm going to go and take the punt. There were two big things actually in the start of last year, I read a book called Profit First by yeah. Mike Michalowicz. Honestly, honestly, that book changed my business and it changed my life because it gave me a system that I could implement in the business that uh, allowed me to show, uh, allowed me to see that it was profitable and that I could make money from it. And also, uh, the other thing that made a massive difference was making quite a close business friend. Um, and I hadn't really had that before. I hadn't really had community and being, as she describes, a power introvert. Like I am the most introverted person <laughs> you will probably ever meet. Um, I'd never really, this sounds awful, but I'd never really wanted community. Do you know what I mean? Everyone says, oh, you, you want community, you want people around you. And you know, my mum was terrified of me leaving my job oh but you won't be around people you know you won't be interacting with people um but actually even as an introvert what I do crave is connection and yes that will be 
you know, on a smaller scale, I expect than most people, but making a few really close business friends and having those people there to talk to and bounce ideas off and know that just know that you're not nuts made the absolute world of difference. And it was a friend that said, look, because I wasn't taking a wage from my business up until when I went full time, I was putting everything back into the business. But at the start of last year, I implemented the profit first system and everything that I should have been taking from the the profit first book calls it owner's compensation. So like my wage pot, I put that to one side and called it my sort of, I actually called it my escape fund. So that was building my little reserve um, to give me the confidence that by the time. So I started that around March time and I started full time on the 1st of September. So from March to September, I was saving all of the money that I should have taken as owner's compensation as a wage. And that was my little safety net, really. And that's what enabled me and gave me the confidence to go full time. Amazing. And that, again, I think is so critical when a lot of people, um, you know, I totally avoided and ignored all advice. And I was so unhappy in my job that I just quit. I didn't have a job to go to. I didn't have a safety net. I didn't have anything. Highly don't recommend it for anybody listening definitely follow Sarah <laughs> like <laughs> don't do what I did please don't do what I did it's scary as hell but that's so logical and it just kind of it's almost like ticking off those little steps just to give you that little boost that little bit of confidence and actually I can really relate to the whole community thing I think so many people online scream and shout about having this massive community whether that's part of a membership or whatever it is and for some people that just doesn't work you almost feel like you you get lost or you're you know asking stupid questions or what have you so having a couple of really close friends that you can genuinely trust and you know you appreciate their opinion I guess and their feedback and you can bounce ideas off of is like unvaluable like it's just it's just nuts it's yeah it's changed a lot it has really changed a lot for my business. Just knowing that there's someone else there that, you know, I can talk to my husband about Etsy or my website or social media that he doesn't even use. And don't get me wrong, he's the most supportive he could be. He's he's always supported me, which is incredible. Um, but for someone else to you know, oh, say, oh, you know, oh, Etsy's doing this or, oh, the algorithm on Instagram's doing that. And just, you know, that understanding and you're all in it together sort of thing. It makes a Mm. massive difference. And I think, yeah, community. I don't know why in my head it was community was hundreds, thousands of people, you know, a a giant community. Because like you say, I I feel like I'd get lost in the sea of that. Having a few close people to understand what's happening and sort of say me too and just know made a real difference. Yeah, and that's kind of what we said before we kind of hit record on this. I love having small business owners' perspectives on the podcast because when I first started the podcast, I very much felt like I was falling into a trap of getting people to kind of come on and say, you know, I'm an expert in this area of marketing and, you know, you can go and do this. But it's great for me to sit here and say, this is best practice of, I don't know, sending out an email or posting on Instagram, all that kind of stuff. But it's so lovely to get a genuine perspective from somebody that is in the thick of it doing it 
making the products, sending out the parcels, all of that kind of stuff, because it's just, you know, let's face it, I'm not. So (laughs) it's so nice to kind of get that. And friends can be supportive. You know, I, before the pandemic happened, I would have, I, I said I was a crafter. You know, I used to go to sort of craft clubs twice a month and I would speak to my friends there and sort of they kind of were aware what I was doing and talked to them and they were they were really supportive but you know with the best one in the world they don't know and understand the ins and outs of what's going on so just for yeah just to have conversations that they become so much easier when someone has got a shared experience and yeah you, you sort of feel seen so yeah and it's just that I always kind of think about like one of my best friends is full-time employed. Yes, she works in marketing, but you know, she doesn't have the same day-to-day challenges, I guess. Mm. You know, she doesn't understand the chasing an invoice or all of that kind of stuff. So she she mm. kind of gets the job, but she doesn't understand the frustrations that I go through on a day-to-day basis. So having that person that just gets it just helps, doesn't it? Definitely. And I think why part of why I enjoy running a small business so much is it's everything's a puzzle everything is there like there's so many questions and so many things to figure out you know you think you've got it nailed and then something else comes along and you have to just figure <laughs> that out and I am a problem solver like I do I really enjoy figuring things out and that's also can be a bad thing as well because I get myself <laughs> stuck in the research phase like so I feel productive because I'm researching and know know everything that I think I need to know I'm like no now actually do some work Sarah like come on like <laughs> actually put it into action and make you know take some yeah take some action but yeah no I like it it's I, I would never like I said before I never realized that having my own business was something that was open and available to me but now I'm in it it seems like the perfect fit that's so lovely and to touch on that kind of to kind of move from the community element of it what kind of challenges would you say that I guess probably since kind of going full-time what what would you say have been the biggest challenges for you in terms of especially that shift from you know being a marketing manager to doing everything yourself is probably quite some shift so has there been anything specifically that's kind of stood out as being quite tough that you've had to overcome nothing that I feel massively traumatized by like or, you know, <laughs> I need to yeah uh, speak to anyone about but no I think like I said it's just all everything's I think mainly it's probably like the mental challenge of everything and before I had a, a, a community that was so much harder like just thinking either you were nuts for thinking what you were thinking or just just ruminating on things and things spinning round and round in your head and then oh perhaps something didn't go right with a delivery um and you know waking up at silly hours in the morning Christmas when it's when it's crazy crazy busy and I would get I've actually been very fortunate I get very few sort of you know angry emails about delivery or or anything um but you only need that one from a customer and you take it so personally so personally like I would feel sick to the pit of my stomach because you know, perhaps it hasn't been delivered in the time scale that they wanted even though it was within the time frame that you know was promised and just taking things really personally and that's something I've got better 
at as well, particularly like on Etsy, because I sell on Etsy and on my website. I used to be terrified when I got a notification on my phone to see that someone had left a review. And I, it was completely illogical because I'd never had a bad review. But every time it pinged up on my phone that I got a review, I felt honestly, my heart felt awful. I was like, this is it. This is going to be the time when someone leaves me a bad review. This, this is going to be it. It's going to ruin the business. Etsy's going to hate me. It's going to be horrific. And with no basis, because it's not something that had ever happened. <laughs> and I don't know why I was making my own misery, but I've... I, I guess that's the overthinker in you, isn't it? I think, you know, in your mm. intro, you said you're an overthinker. And I think, I, to me, it sounds like human nature, but I'm very much the same. I feel like I would be very much like, is that negative? I had I had a Google review, review this morning and I thought, oh my God, like, it's not going to be just, nice yeah, until you read it. <laughs> and then it's lovely. And people yeah. are thrilled and they're so nice. And you know, they, they're complimenting everything. They've, they've attached a picture of their child wearing the top or themselves wearing the top or you know they've decorated decorated a room with wall decals that I've done like, well, that was lovely like why did I traumatize myself by thinking you know something negative straight away so yeah I do I do try and actively think now oh that's nice I've got a review he's gonna let me read the nice comments that someone's written about me um but yeah. So there's nothing in particular, because I feel like a lot of people relate to that, to be fair. It, there's nothing in particular that you've kind of done to, it's almost about kind of stopping yourself from kind of saying, no, it's not going to be negative, it's going to be nice, and and then opening it. There's nothing that you've kind of gone out of your way to do to try and eliminate that altogether? No, not necessarily, no. Um, another book recommendation, however. <laughs> love it, I love a book. Uh, Playing Big by Tara Moore. Um, I think I've read it three times now and that's just sort of about um, your inner mentor and your inner critic and it's just about dialing up and dialing down those voices you know um, and about who you choose to listen to really Um, yeah there there is no basis there's no logical basis for why I would jump to someone's going to be terrible someone's going to be horrible in a review when it hasn't Mm. happened before and even you know if it has and when it does it's nothing that I can't deal with. If I've made a mistake, I want the opportunity to make that right for the customer. You know, if something hasn't gone right that was out of my control, that's out of my control. Like, I can't. I have to make peace with it. And I have to make peace with it. And I need to be more rational and logical about it in order to concentrate on aspects of the business that, you know, I can control and I can grow and I can make things better. Um yeah, so true. And I just, I genuinely, I can, I can say, I can already picture people that are going to be listening to this because I know who listens. I know a couple of people that listen to the podcast that are going to go, that's me. That's actually me because I do exactly <laughs> the same thing. Um, do you think that part of the problem, uh, how do I word this? Not problem, but I'll, I'll finish the sentence and it might make sense. Part of the problem, part of the reason why you have or had that kind of experience when you got left a review on Etsy is because of the fact that it's on Etsy so on the podcast previously I have voiced my opinion about people that build businesses on Etsy um I have quite a uh strong opinion shall we say which I won't go into we won't talk about (laughs) (laughs) Um, but is it do you think that it's partially down to the fact that you know I know that Etsy can limit things can shut shops all of that kind of stuff if you have 
you know, past a certain level, a certain number of negative reviews, do you think that kind of adds to the pressure a little bit? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, the thought that, you know, you, you've heard the horror stories that, you know, negative feedback, reviews, copyright infringement, um, and your shop will just be shut down. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's that's someone's business. But I don't, I, it's, I don't think it's as drastic as that. I, I really think that you would have to have multiple sort of violations of, you know, a string of bad reviews. Um, so yes, yes, I, I, I hear so many people bashing Etsy, and yes, it's got its limitations. No, I wouldn't only want to be on Etsy because um, I've got my own website as well. But I would not have started or be where I am now without Etsy. So yes, they scared the bejesus out of me, <laughs> and I am always super conscious of what I'm doing on there. So yes, it probably is a factor, definitely. So that's really interesting as well, though. So when you first started, was it a case that you started on Etsy? And then as time's gone on, you've kind of built your own website. And now you kind of work on both? Correct. Yes. So I started entirely just solely on Etsy. um, And it's just so accessible. It's so accessible. And I think because I worked in marketing, I know how hard it is to drive your own traffic. So for me, it was a no brainer to start on Etsy. They've got an audience built in. You just need to work out how it works, how to get seen in that sea of other shops. But realistically, it's a much smaller sea than the interwebs in ge- <laughs> you know in general. Yeah. Um, so and also like the fees as well. I know a lot of people have issues with the fees, but compare it to your own website and hosting and you know you still have to if you choose to use paypal you still have their processing fees so doing business online isn't free um it's just the cost of doing business and if that's you know i think etsy takes maybe 15 or 20 percent all in so it's just about figuring out I, i was very clear from the start as well um sort of about what my costs were down to packaging and everything so i was fairly confident that you know, margins and things were working for me. Um, but yeah, started on Etsy. I think it was a, it's a great platform to start out on. Like I said, I wouldn't want to 100% be on there because it's not 100% in my control. I wanted to build my own, you know, like this, email list. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, so just, I think, it, I think it took me a couple of years before I started um, on my own website. Um, yeah, and for a while I was keeping that they were identical for a while, and this year in particular, I feel like I've done a lot more on my own website and with collaborations and launching products, and I really haven't touched Etsy much since probably about February of this year, um, which is daft because I I should I should but you know every, something's got to take priority. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing. It's about working out what, what works for you, isn't it? So uh, you touched on something there, uh, collaborations, which I'm going to come back to. But I just have to, ha- I have to say, I'm so glad you've just said what you said about Etsy because I genuinely didn't want to voice my opinion and then it have an impact on what you said. But for anybody that listens to this, like religiously, which I'm sure there aren't that many people, but for anybody that's heard my opinion about Etsy before, Sarah is living proof of 
exactly what I my opinion essentially I think Etsy is a great platform I completely agree with you and you know they have the customer base they have the traffic and like you've just mentioned when you're starting out and you've got 600 million things to do you know finding products and making products and taking photos and all of that stuff the last thing you want to do is then have to try and work out how to drive traffic to a brand new website as well so I always kind of voice my opinion that Etsy is almost kind of your proof of concept. If you can, you know, get sales through Etsy and start building a bit of a customer base and building a bit of a brand, then it allows you to grow into your own website and, you know, build that brand up even more. But it's just so frustrating when some people come to me and say, oh, I'm only ever going to sell on Etsy. And it's not, you know, like you just said, fees are fees. It's it's not, it costs you money to run a business categorically. You're going to get it wherever you go. But it's almost that limitation of, I want to build a big sustainable business. And I'm like, yeah, but Etsy's not the place to do it. Like I see Etsy personally after, you know, from your point of view, you haven't shut your Etsy shop, have you? No. So it's, no, no. it almost acts like a another avenue for revenue and a marketing channel. Yes, it's it's a just it's just another sales platform really you know I'm in retail shops I've got my own website I've got Etsy I just see it as another channel that's amazing I love it the thing with Etsy as well it's I feel like it's the barriers to entry is so low and it's almost depending on what you're selling it's there's very little investment you know you're not paying for anything it's all there for you um and yes, it's it's can be tricky to figure out, you know, how to rank. Don't get me wrong. I've worked in marketing. I haven't got all the secrets. I can put stuff <laughs> up and no one's interested. Um, but like I said, everything is a puzzle and needs figuring out. And yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be. I definitely wouldn't be where I am running my own business if I had not started out on Etsy. Amazing. I'm so glad you said that. Um it's just kind of like I'm like phew because one of the questions I sent you so uh for anybody that's listening I always send my guests a set of questions that we may or may not get round to but one of them I wanted to cover with Sarah was the kind of the difference between Etsy and a website for her and then another one was about collaborations because I obviously I think I was following you beforehand but obviously kind of getting to know Stacey from Darwin and Gray and then your collaboration came up as I mentioned purchased the t-shirt myself bloody love it how how has the kind of collaboration element of your business worked has has any of that been quite challenging or is it kind of easy breezy I've had I don't know if you're looking for some sort of traumatic story or something I don't I don't have any no um all of the collaborations that I've done have been really lovely and they've come from um just my admiration of what someone's doing um and sort of connecting with people you know on instagram honestly watching stories making a connection with them becoming friendly with them and then going do you know what would be really great like if we did this and i remember my first collaboration um the lady said no at first she was like no no it's not for me I think I perhaps maybe I didn't explain myself very well, but I think she thought I wanted her to invest in my business and sort of say, you know, give me money. Yeah. Um, Which is not the case um, at all. 
And I was like, no, that's absolutely fine. There's no problem at all. Um, continued to follow her, went down actually and attended an in-person event that she did. And I thought, I'm not letting this go. Oh, yeah, I'm going to ask her again. <laughs> I'm going to ask her again. And, and this time, here's something that I've made. So you can see the quality you know, of what I do and my idea actually in a physical form. And yeah, at that point she was like, yeah, hell yeah. Let's, let's, yeah, let's do it. Let's try it. So no, I've had really lovely experiences with collaborations and um, in all honesty, it, they've helped grow my audience um, as well, which I'm massively grateful for. And just the whole thing's a really nice, fun experience because it's not, it didn't really seem like a business sort of setup, if you know what I mean. It was sort of two creative people working together to create something brand new that wouldn't have existed had we not, you know, worked together. Um, I feel like I've got something to bring to the table in terms of the quality of my items and the things that I create, you know, pair that with another creative. And in my mind, you're going to create something spectacular. And I feel like that's something that I've managed to do with the other brands that I've worked with. That's so lovely and such a nice way to put it as well because you're right it doesn't even you explaining it it doesn't sound like a business transaction it sounds like a like you say like two creatives just coming together to create something brand new which is just so lovely. Yeah but I mean I did when I introduced the idea of a collaboration to Stacey at Darwin and Gray again I've massive respect for the work that she does I bought her products and again in person I attended one of her workshops at fabulous places in Derby it was a Christmas market and it's one of her banner painting workshops and I went along to enjoy that workshop and I thought well I'm going to meet her in person for the first time you know let me again I made an item with the explicit understanding that please know that I would never ever do anything with your designs without your permission this is purely just for you to see as an example yeah um, I think that personal connection I to be honest thinking about it I've always had an in-person meeting with not meeting do you know what I mean like a yeah. <laughs> in-person interaction with everyone that I have collaborated with yeah um, which I think has made a difference because yeah, yeah just being able to people I was going to say people do business with people but again that sounds businessy just about connection isn't it and knowing that you can get on as well because there is it's a collaboration there's a lot of backwards and forwards and you do this you do that and working together making decisions together and I think you know working alone in the studio you've only got yourself to talk to a lot of the time so then Mm. you bring in another creative you know will it work out won't it work out but I, I think because I've always had a relationship or knowledge of the person I followed them on social media and things you you get a pretty good idea for what they're like and that things are going to work out but I think that's also you've raised a really valid point because I think what I was coming to was kind of if you've got any advice for somebody that would be is in business that would kind of want to explore kind of collaborating with other businesses but just highlighting the fact that you followed them on social you you know it came from a genuine place of admiration not just a they've got more followers than me, I would benefit off that, that kind of thing. Because I know, 
I don't know how to word this without offending. Nothing I ever say is meant to offend you. But <laughs> ever. give it a go. Go on. But, <laughs> don't challenge me, that. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. But I think, you know, some people can be like that. And it's nice to hear that there aren't still nice people that aren't just out to make a quick buck, you know? And you can see that. The fact that you've gone out of your way to make something that is specifically for them, that, you know shows off your product but actually incorporates them and kind of gives them an idea of what it could look like and that it's not just uh I think the thing I've got in my head is around a lot of small businesses when they complain about influencer marketing and you know we all know there's some charlatans in the world that will follow somebody drop them a quick dm and say oh I really love this can you give me some for free it's not coming from a place of being genuine And it's almost a similar kind of relationship because although it is a collaboration and, you know, I'm going to make the assumption, although we should never assume, it's probably split in half. And so it benefits both parties. It's the fact that you can tell that it's genuine. You know, it's if you've bought something from Darwin and Gray, it's not that you've kind of gone, oh, I like that design. There's, you know, if you would buy it yourself, it already makes it more special. Yeah, and I think that's important to me. I'm, I'm, I would like to do more collaborations in the future. Um, it's definitely something that I want to do. It would never be based on follower numbers or anything like that. It will be, you know, I'm looking at some now, but it's it's small businesses that I've bought from and that I believe in. And I just, you know, it would be nice. You know, you see, I, you see people online, you think... I like to be mates with them, you know, <laughs> have a chat with them. And yeah, that's, you don't get wrong. I've done sort of collaborations in my day job and it was much more, much less relationship based. And yeah. Um, yeah, it comes from a place of building a relationship for sure. And it just sort of grows organically. Yeah. And Basically. so anybody, anybody that's listening that, you know, maybe has a product-based business that is thinking, well, actually, maybe collaborations is the right way for me to go. How, where do they start? Or, you know, is it a case of taking the punt and reaching out and just starting that conversation? Is there, you know, what advice would you give somebody? I think you need to be really clear about what it is that you've got to offer. You need to really, truly know that you've got something of value and that together with another person's input you can create something more spectacular than you could as two individuals um and you know really know that well I've got customers that love what I do they've got customers that love what they do what would happen if we you know smash those two things together you know what could that look like and you say oh if someone's got a product business but I'm wondering how would that work if a product business worked with a service business yeah you know we could do t-shirts for you. Everyone could go around with, with your face it. on a t-shirt. There we go. <laughs> God, I can't imagine anyone's going to want one of them, Sarah. I'm not going to lie. Um... <laughs> but it's so funny. I think since having my uh, personal branding shoot, which actually I wore the t-shirt for. Yes. There's a photo, there's a photo coming for that. Don't you worry. Um... me in it. <laughs> Uh, I think ever since that and uh, also buying the new car, you know, I've been known for having everything orange and it just, it just is. So um, 
I've had people messaging me recently saying I bought this thing and it's orange and I thought of you and I'm like it's just a freaking color but it's so Mm. funny that those things then become relatable you know I always see script writing and whether it is or it isn't I instantly think of Stacey yeah. <laughs> I, I can't not anymore like, I just I just can't so well I mean for me that feels like the perfect place to kind of start wrapping things up I've just realized how long we've been talking and I feel like I could just constantly keep coming up with questions for you to be honest but <laughs> Another um, time. Yeah. um but I guess a question that I'd like probably your perspective on which I've started asking guests and it's always interesting to find out what the answer is but it does put you on the spot a little bit what would you say success looks like to you Sarah mm-hmm. freedom nice freedom. it's the freedom to it's freedom of managing your own time doing what you want do you know what I mean like it's I've mentioned like hashtag van life like I've got no intention of being a full-time van lifer but you know having my own business means if we want to go away for a long weekend in the van and that includes a Friday and a Monday I'm gonna do it I want to do it you know freedom success is freedom love it absolutely love it that stump that question stumps so many people and I love how you're just like bam no freedom done love it well, thank you so much for your time. Before I let you go, uh, for anybody that's listened to this and has fallen in love with you, is vegan, loves the lifestyle, wants to buy your products, find you, follow you, whatever, where can they find you and do exactly that? Uh, you can find me online on my website, which is loneowlstudio.com and on Instagram and all socials at loneowlstudio. Amazing. Of course, I will pop those links in the show notes so you can get to them very, very quickly. But uh, for now, I have to say thank you so much, Sarah, for your time. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for being so open and honest and sharing your experiences. And I'm sure that there'll be somebody that has finally just had a sigh of relief and gone, oh, it's not just me that doesn't want to be part of a thousand people community. (laughs) I'm quite happy to be extroverted on social. So come and introvert with me. That's fine. <laughs> Love that. On the DMs. Yeah. <laughs> Go and make friends. Yes. Cool. Thank you so much, Sarah. And enjoy the rest of your day. And I'm sure we'll speak soon. Thank you so much. Take care, Lorna. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.